On behalf of Rosedale Hills, St. Andrews, and University Heights, United Methodist Churches, we are grateful to welcome you this evening for this service for Maundy Thursday, a service around the table, a service in which we bring ourselves and our confessions and our need for Christ to receive his mercy and grace this evening. Uh, we're grateful for your presence and for your worship with us. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for the working of the Holy Spirit to inspire, to comfort, to challenge, to unite us tonight. Lord God, we are grateful for your presence with us, for your spirit that moves us, for the space in which we bring our brokenness, our questions, our faith. Lord God, bring us together around your table this night, that we might be fed by your loving mercy, brought into your story of redemption, moved in transformation, ignited for committed service to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Will you stand as you are able this evening and join me in our call to worship? A table is set before us, a feast is prepared for us. A meal of bread and wine, a meal of bread and wine. 
The Lord calls us to this supper of remembrance. The Lord calls us to serve and to be served. As we break the bread and share the cup, our understanding may fail us, but we will never forget Christ's example. We will never forget the full extent of his love. Join us in singing our opening hymn tonight, which is I Come With Joy. pray. Gracious God, as those who strive to follow Jesus in our living and to trust your power in our dying, we gather tonight to reflect upon the life that ended on a cross. We recognize in ourselves the strengths and weaknesses of Jesus' disciples. Although they loved him, they disappointed and failed him. And yet, gathering with these imperfect friends at this last meal, Jesus washed their feet in service, extended the bread and cup to each, and Jesus called them to love one another and invited them to share in his very life and the acceptance of the road ahead. God, we are humbled, we are honored, we are inspired by the deep love Christ extended to the world. And we take seriously the calling to be the body of Christ today. 
Forgive us when we disappoint and fail you. Heal our wounds of body, mind, and spirit that contribute to our hopelessness and fear. Remind us of your brokenness on our behalf, that in the bread and cup we will read sacrifice over pride, victory over pain. And through the meditation and movement of this night, guide us back to a place of trust, faithful living in you. Tend to the sorrow of the world, that where there is hunger or heartache, injury or injustice, your presence and peace will find its place. And give us the vision to see the world as you see it, with love and compassion for each creature and all creation. For though we are bruised and broken, we believe in your power, and through it we can become your beacon of new life to the world. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading from scripture this evening comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood.
Our second scripture this evening comes from the Gospel of John, the 13th chapter. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered Peter, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. May God add his blessing to the reading, to the hearing, and to the living out of his word this evening. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here this evening be acceptable and pleasing to you, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This Holy Thursday service that we gather for annually has a lot of pieces to it. There are lots of different elements to what happened in Jesus' uh, life on this Thursday that we could focus in on, that we could talk about. 
We're going to participate in communion together at the table, and so we will share in uh, the Last Supper. We will share in that sacrament of, of the Lord's table with, with one another, with Jesus here with us. We won't be washing one another's feet, and that may be something that you're all very pleased about, but we will focus tonight on what it means that Jesus did that and then what it means for us today how we can live into that role of a servant. What does it mean for us to be recipients of what Jesus did for the disciples then? You know, also what happens on this night is that Judas gets up from the table and leaves to go and betray Jesus, to turn him over uh, to, the Roman or to the Jewish authorities. Also, Jesus takes the disciples to go into the garden to pray, and he asks them to pray with him for a little while, and they fall asleep and leave Jesus alone then to deal with this, um, the, the angst, the agony, um, the desperation of what he is about to face and offering his life on behalf of the world and, and offering um, to follow in the will of God the Father. And then, of course, we have the arrest of Jesus that takes place. A lot is happening on this holy Thursday. But what I want us to focus in on tonight is the idea of the commandment, Monday. Now, I was talking with my oldest daughter this week. She'll be 25 this year. And she said, Mom, do you know how long it took me to realize that you were not saying Monday, Thursday? All my life, for the longest time, I thought we were going to church to celebrate Monday, Thursday. What in the world does that even mean? Well, Monday comes from the Latin word mandatum, which it's the Latin word for command. So tonight we're going to focus in on this command that Jesus gave to us, a command to do as he did, a command to love one another, a commandment to love. And I think that of all of the things that happened on the night that Jesus uh, finds himself on this Holy Thursday, this command that he gave to his disciples was not only a command that he gave to them for that day, obviously, it is a command he gave to them to remind them of why he came, to remind them of who they are as the people of God, who they are as his disciples, as his followers. And so John tells us this story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, taking upon him the role of a servant to do for his disciples what hadn't yet been done in their gathering. Now, it was customary for there to be someone present to wash the feet of the guests who came. But that didn't happen, or if it did happen, Jesus decided that it was necessary to do it again. So Jesus, he, he prepares the disciples for that. He washes their feet, even when they are trying to get him to not do that. It was below him. It was below them. They didn't understand why, why Jesus would bend down, why he would take their dirty, dusty feet and clean them. They did not understand. And there are a lot of times that we today don't understand why the Son of God would do that. Why would he take that role of a servant? Well, it's in the command that he gives. It's in the command that he does to, to love, to love one another as I have loved you. And not only does he command us to do that, he tells the disciples and he tells us that this is how people will know that you are mine. They will know that you are mine because they will see you and experience you loving them. Now, we may not think that it's very uh, possible or kind or appropriate to command someone to love. 
Isn't love a choice? Aren't we, aren't we supposed to choose who we give our love to? Aren't we supposed to choose how we show our love to others? But apparently Jesus felt like it had to be a way of life. He commanded us to love, to love one another, to love others as he has loved us. Now we know that the love that Jesus is calling us to and commanding us to offer is not a love that is based in uh, good feelings. Frederick Buechner in his uh, book, Wishful Thinking, he wrote, this doesn't mean your pulse is supposed to quicken every time your neighbor passes by. This isn't a love that is based in how we feel about another person. This isn't a love based on a choice that we um, make for ourselves. This is a love based in who Jesus is, what he has done for us and giving his life for us, what he has done for us in teaching us who God is and by showing us in his life who God is, the very characteristics of God. And it is a love that Jesus says you just do, you are, you are to love. It's not a choice that we make, it is a lifestyle that we live into. It means that we are able to work for good for the other. We're supposed to work for good, and we're supposed to desire good for the other. We're to hold the other in our hearts, in our minds, as we live and as we work. Not for our own good, but for the good of those around us, for the good of those in our families, for the good of those who we do work with, for the good of those who are in our communities, for the good of those strangers that we meet on the street and those strangers that we never will encounter, but we love because we are commanded to have our lives lived after the life of Jesus. So tonight we gather. We gather together to remember we gather to remember what Jesus did for us. We gather to remember this meal that he, that he took and gave a new meaning to. We gather to remember what he has done for us and giving us his body and his blood, his life, that we might be reconciled to God, that we might know salvation and forgiveness of sins, that we might experience the hope of eternity. So we gather to remember that. But we also gather this evening to recommit our lives to this command to love. We recommit our lives to not a choice that says we're going to choose whom we love, but we recommit our lives to the person and to the work and to the example of Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Therefore, when he commands us to love, we do everything within our power to be faithful to that, to live into that, to follow that command. It's not easy. It's not easy to love. It's not easy to not be able to choose whether or not we love, but to just choose to follow Jesus and then each day begin our day by saying, okay, God, I'm going to love the people you put in my path. And we know that we don't do it in our own strength because we couldn't, because the people that God put in, puts in our path sometimes are not the most lovable people. Sometimes we're not the most lovable people. And yet, by giving ourselves to Jesus, by allowing him to be the Lord of our lives, by saying yes, we then give ourselves to a life of love. Now, the disciples didn't quite understand what Jesus was doing for them. 
He washes their feet. He goes back to the table, and he looks at them. He looks at them, and he finds confusion on their faces. Some of them still are angry that he, that he would lower himself to washing their feet. Some of them are incredibly confused. Now, I, I, uh, I have told my congregation, and, and I tell people all the time, I need one of those t-shirts that say, I may not, you may not know what I'm thinking except my face will tell you. Like, my, I always tell people, I can control the tone of my voice, I cannot control the tone of my face. So you're gonna figure out what it is that I think about what you've said or what you're doing pretty quickly if you just look at me. So I can imagine sitting with the disciples and Jesus being able to tell just by looking at me what, that I'm so confused. Like, what is happening? And Jesus even says to them, do you know, he asks them a question, do you know what I have done for you? Do you know what I have done for you? He hasn't even given his life yet, and he's asking them, do you know what it is that I have done for you? Yes, he washed their feet. But more than that, he gave them a picture of what their lives were to look like as they continued to follow him, as they continued to be a part of the kingdom of God, as they sought to go forth in his mission of bearing, uh, bearing the love of God in the world. He was showing them a way to do that, which was to serve. It was a, to serve those that they encountered. He'd acted it out in front of them, this command that he was giving them to love one another. He just did it. He just showed them what that meant. And he says, I give you a new commandment, but really, because he had just acted it out for them, it wasn't a new commandment. And in all of his teaching that he had been doing with the disciples up to this point, he had been showing them what it meant to love one another. He, he showed them by uh, including people in, in, his, uh, in his ministry, in his healing, that had been pushed off to the margins of society. He showed them how to love one another when he healed those who were physically hurting and ill. When he restored people to community, he showed them what it meant to live out this commandment of loving one another. And he calls us to do the same thing. It's about so much more than washing someone's feet. It's about so much more than simply saying yes to Jesus. It is about looking at the people around us and knowing that no matter who they are, no matter what they've done in life, no matter whether they recognize God and Jesus or not, they are to be loved by us. Our actions are to be for their good. Our life is to be lived for the betterment of the kingdom, our communities, our families, all of those whom we encounter. And the willingness, the willingness is what we get to choose. We choose our willingness to serve. We choose our willingness to love as Jesus has loved. And we live out this new way of life. So it's not just this once a year gathering together of on Monday, Thursday, remembering this command that Jesus gave us. No, it's to be lived out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It's to be lived out every single day remembering the command that Jesus gave us. And we know that some days those days will be good days. It will be easy to love those that we encounter because it's a good day. It's a good day. But we also know that some of those days will be very difficult. And that to love another person means that we have to risk something of ourselves. 
We have been studying at Rosedale Hills, um, Rob Fuquay's Lenten study about the Oberammergau Passion Play and the power of the cross and the symbolism of the cross and all that goes into the Passion Plays that take place throughout Europe. And the last session, um, he talks about the power of the cross, the symbol of the cross. And he talks about the passage of scripture where Jesus calls his disciples to take up their cross and to follow him. And he says that taking up the cross, following Jesus, is not just about taking up a burden in our lives. It's not just about suffering through something that is difficult. Then we have taken up our cross and we are following Jesus. But he says to take up the cross of Jesus means that we are going to suffer and we might be humiliated. That our lives will be put at risk, not for ourselves, but for others as we seek to live into the mission that Jesus gave to us when he took up the cross and died for us. Loving others means that there will be a risk involved. We will have to decide that we're going to love not based on whether a person we feel is worthy of that love or based on whether or not we feel like loving, but the risk is that we dedicate our lives to love, to include, to seek out the best for those around us. I, I look forward now that we maybe see ourselves coming out of all of the um, restrictions of the pandemic and, and the fear that's around the pandemic. I look forward to the possibilities of all the things that our churches can do together to show love, to serve together in, in our community, to help others experience the love of God in Jesus Christ. There are so many opportunities for us to lift up those who are hurting, to include those who have been set outside, for us to live into this command to love one another. Because when we live into this command of loving one another, what we're also saying is that we belong to something. Because Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. When we love others, we're letting them know that they too are loved by Jesus, that they can belong to something. They can be a part of the kingdom of God that shows forth uh, an acceptance and a care to see another person as a child of God, created in the image of God. So tonight I, I, I would challenge all of us gathered here this evening to not get caught up in the difficulty of love, to not get caught up in the choice to love or to figure out who is worthy of the love, but instead I would challenge us to make the sacrifice, to take the risk, to put the effort forth, to let others see in your life in our lives, that we understand what Jesus did for the disciples in washing their feet, that we understand what Jesus did in choosing in the garden to follow the will of God the Father, that we understand that what Jesus calls us to is a life that is bigger than ourselves, a life that looks out into the world and wants good for those around us. A life that says, I see God in you, and I want to live in relationship with you because of the God that's in you, because I see the love of God in you.
So we do choose to follow Jesus. We do choose to lay our lives down, to take up the cross, and to bear it, and to follow him. And we do choose to love as Jesus loved. And when we do that, then we are gathered up in Jesus, and we are strengthened in his power, in his strength, not in our own, and not in our own ability. But when we make that choice to follow after Jesus, to love as he has loved, then the choice we are making is to allow the love of Christ, the love of God to work through us, to work in us, and to then know that it is possible to love as Jesus has loved. So I pray this evening, I pray this evening that you know the love that God has for you. That, there isn't, that it doesn't matter what has happened in your life, it doesn't matter the choices that have been made in your life, that you are loved by God. And I pray that you will hear the command of Jesus to love others, to love one another, and to do it not in our strength, in your strength, but to do it in the strength of God, to know that to follow Jesus means to take a risk, to sacrifice, and to honor the gift of life that he gives us and the gift of his life on the cross. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to love as Jesus has loved. Help us, Lord God, to have the strength that is needed to say yes. And then, Lord God, meet us each day with your strength to live into that yes. Let us hear the command to love, Lord God, and, and let us make that the choice of our lives. Not on who we love, but on how we offer the love that you have for us. Strengthen us and embolden us, Lord God. Forgive us when we fail because we will. We will. And pour out your mercy and grace over us so that we can show others the depth of your love that they too might experience it. And help us to draw one another together into your great kingdom of love and strength and peace. We give our lives over to you this evening, Lord God. And we ask that you help us to be faithful, to be obedient, and to follow in the steps of Jesus. first letter of John we read this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness we lie and do not do what is true but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tonight we do gather to receive God's 
grace that is acting in advance, that love that is meeting us here. But we also do gather to recommit to that commandment to love. And we ask ourselves, have there been instances when I have fallen short of this commandment? When have I been reluctant to lower myself to love? Are the regrets that I carry because I have failed to love? Is there some confusion in me that causes me to trip up? Are there fears that I need to release in order to risk love? Or is there pain? Is there some brokenness that makes it hard for me to love? As we reflect on our faith tonight, we have this opportunity to offer our confession, our woundedness, our need for Christ's rescue. So we've provided each of you a small sheet of paper that reads to the cross we bring our sins and shame our burdens and brokenness and in our confession hear our prayer and for a few moments in this service we're gonna provide some music for you to reflect on the message tonight and on your own spiritual journey and as you feel so moved you can bring these prayers to the cross which is to my left your right in the middle of the sanctuary and I would just instruct you to to fix it into that cross. You can just fold the paper in half once and roll it up tight, and you can insert it into that cross as a way of releasing it into God's healing care and strength. May we reflect now on the commandment to love one another and how Christ empowers us to commit to that call.
church. Friends, on every occasion when we gather for this Eucharist meal, there are really three meals that are being celebrated simultaneously. There's a meal in which we as a community are sharing in fellowship with one another. I think that's particularly special on a night like tonight when we're gathering together as three congregations of this neighborhood, of this community, and gathering together to, to proclaim our own unity in this space. There's a second meal that's being celebrated, and actually it's on mentioned really on the, the bulletin cover there, that we are participating uh, in, in anticipation of a feast that will come when all will have enough to eat the meal of fellowship, this heavenly banquet where the table will be full and wide and enough for all. And the third reference, the third meal that's being shared each time that we gathered is that last supper. That's the meal that we want to sort of emphasize tonight on this Monday Thursday, the time when we remember that last supper that the disciples shared with one another. And in fact, tonight we've decided to gather together around a table, not unlike the table they would have gathered around as we take communion. We'll give uh, instructions for that in a moment. But we really want to be able to emphasize that aspect of the meal that happened during that Passion Week great sacrifice of Jesus and even the betrayal of Jesus that had occurred on this holy night. Let us pray together. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's our duty and highest joy that we should in all times and places Give thanks to you, O God, for you have created the heavens and earth and all that's in them. You've made us in your own image, and in countless ways you show us mercy. It's in response to your love and with the angels and the whole company of heaven that we worship and adore your glorious name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All glory and honor are yours, O God, for in your great mercy you gave us your Son, Jesus Christ. He took on our human nature and suffered death on the cross for our redemption. And there he made the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. We give you thanks, O oh God, for this holy sacrament in which we remember the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. We share in a meal of fellowship with one another, and we look forward to a time when there will be enough for all to eat this meal of fellowship. On the night in which he died, Jesus took the bread. He broke it. 
lifted it to heaven. Gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, remembering his incarnation and his holy life, his death and his glorious resurrection, and waiting his coming again and power and glory, we claim his eternal sacrifice. We celebrate with these your holy gifts. It's thereby we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Merciful God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the body of Christ for the world. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, make us one with each other, and make us one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. And now we pray together as Jesus taught disciples of all ages to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. In a moment, the ushers will come around and guide you um, in groups of eight to this table. And we want you to serve each other, not unlike they would have served one another on that last supper night, making sure that everyone had a meal to eat, and then consuming, eating that meal of fellowship together. So we'll have you come forward. The pastors will pray a brief prayer over each meal before you, um, before you consume. And we hope that this way of receiving the Eucharist will remind us of that Last Supper. table is ready.
last reading of scripture tonight comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. It's the word of God for the people of God. 